Welcome, welcome. This is Pat's Stands, Inc. This is a part of the locker room for the Every Morning Quarterback. I am Connor. Here too, as you've probably heard from the Morning Quarterback broadcast. Welcome to the only Patriots-focused podcast on the internet. Don't quote me on that. Brendan, how are you doing today? I am great. That intro was sick. Thank you to our producer, uh, head of the Every Morning Quarterback, Anthony. That was that was awesome. Look at these graphics. This is sick. Um, I'm absolutely pumped to just talk about the Patriots. Uh, this is going to be a relief to our usual co-hosts, Zach and Anthony, because this gets a lot of the Patriots talk off our chests and uh, frees up the other show for some other stuff. Yeah, this is the type of show where we can come in and basically be a couple of stands. It's right in the name. Uh, for those of you who could figure it out, this is Pat Stands Inc. or PSI. And we're here to deflate the lies about the Patriots. I don't love the tagline. Neither do you. What are we going to do? No, about it's just it? corny. It's corny. You know, it's catchy, yeah. corny, whatever. PSI. Yeah. I like PSI. Yep. Having said that, everything cool you see on here. It's up by our wonderful user and the every morning quarterback team. Thank you to him. Brendan, let's just get into it, man. Uh, apparently the world's crashing. The world's falling down and the Patriots are going to go 0-16 according to local media. Let's talk about that. Yeah, if you've paid attention to Boston media this week, um, other than Chris Sale flying through the sky off of his bike, all you hear about is the Patriots offense is atrocious. They don't know what they're doing. They can't run a single play successfully. Um, what is Bill doing? Just putting his buddies in charge of professional offenses, Matt Patricia in the offensive line, Joe judge in the offense. Um, Patricia's buried in his play sheet with no idea what he's doing. This is the kind of stuff we're hearing. The offensive line is lost. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the fun stuff coming out of Patriots camp this week. Connor. Yeah, it's typical Boston media, man. Like uh, it's just every, the second something doesn't go perfectly. The second we don't have Tom Brady, my favorite thing is like what is he doing putting these guys in charge i'm like you mean matt patricia who has had a head coaching uh experience uh joe judge head coaching experience all these guys who've been unbelievably successful for the new england patriots in the past yeah why would he put them in charge it's just typical boston media bs where they're trying to start something that's not quite there but let's talk about some of the issues that they have jumped on it seems like uh the patriots offense hasn't been clicking too uh too simply right now yeah, I mean, it's let's first of all talk about they're they're acting like Mac Jones is like moments from asking for a trade, let alone like, which obviously I'm joking, but the, there's a lot of talk of is Mac Jones starting to be frustrated? Um, what's going on here? Basically, let's go to the beginning. They're installing kind of a Shanahan style zone blocking run scheme on the offense. Um, Patricia's in charge of the offensive line right now, as well as the play calling. Um, and you know, all things considered, I think Belichick thought this was going to be simpler to install than it has been thus far. Um, I don't know if that's an arrogance thing or what, you know, there's growing pains though. And you look around the league, most teams go through this every two years with all the coaching turnover. We here in new England don't see it. We've had the same, you know, offensive scheme for 20 years and you know, the bumps and bruises that come with losing Josh McDaniels, having a second-year quarterback trying to do a new scheme, having an offensive coach who's learning the scheme while he's teaching it. I mean, these are things that are not ideal. Um, but Bill Belichick has been in this league for so long, he's not doing something half-assed or off the you know, seat of his pants. 
he knows what he's doing. And if it's not working, he's going to adjust it. And if the wrong guys are in the positions making the calls, he will change it. I mean, it's August 10th. We're putting in a new scheme. You know, McDaniels, we all know, left. It's going to look a little bit different. School, high school offense that they're putting in. This is a professional offense that needs to work, needs to have timing. Like you mentioned, man, they're trying to put in the outside zone scheme. The one thing that outside zone requires is time and cohesiveness from the offensive line. It requires everybody to be uh, working at the exact same moment, doing the exact same thing. And it's one of those things where you get five guys that may not have played a lot of football together, as we've seen. You know, we lost a couple of offensive linemen. We're plugging in some different guys this year. It's going to take time for it to work. But, of course, if something doesn't click in two seconds, the media is going to jump all over it. If there's any growing pains for anybody, they talk about how Mac Jones has a meltdown in practice. It, without even touching on the fact that our defense is projected to be lights out, and we'll talk more about that later, it's going to take time. Timing and cohesiveness does not come at the drop of a hat. Having said that, yesterday reports showing that the offense was showing a pulse. We even had a fight. Did you hear about that fight yesterday? Yeah, I think that shows some leadership from David Andrews. Uh, Andrews kind of apparently laid into the into the offense a little um, after practice on Monday because Monday, I don't know if you heard the reports, Monday was was real bad. Um, but then yesterday, Andrews and Barmore got into a fight. Both got thrown out of practice. I think that's Andrews trying to light a fire under the guys. Um, now the offense showing some life, looking a little better. Is that a result of Maybe behind the scenes, someone telling defensive line to go 75%, give them some success. I don't know. Um, I think there's a chance of that. I, th I think the frustrations, the coaches probably said, hey, let's let them have a little bit of success. Uh, let's let this offense work a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. The, so far, what I'm hearing is in one-on-one -on -one drills, the offensive line is holding their own. They're doing great. It's the scheme. They're having a tough time with communication making the right steps off the ball, the right reads, things like that. And that is part of learning a new offense, a new blocking scheme. Um, and I, another thing I'm hearing is that Cole Strange is you to get, get down the line altogether and get to the second level. Another thing I'm hearing is Cole Strange These is kind of getting are, his doors blown. Yeah. yeah, well, it requires them to play a little bit different. A lot of the scheme wasn't ran in college. It requires, you know, the outside zone scheme pretty much has everybody shoot down the line, get to the second level, give the running back an opportunity for a cutback. It's it Like I said, it takes cohesiveness. Uh, Cole Strange, he's a rookie. What are we – come on, man. We're, he can't be the first rookie to have growing pains at camp. Uh, but yesterday reports came out that all of a sudden – they were working together. The offensive line was working as a unit. And what happened was they were able to run that effectively outside. They also were starting to run downhill. All right. That's always been our you know, bread and butter. But when the outside zone scheme starts working, you can run that sucker downhill. And reports yesterday was that Harris, Stevenson, and even Montgomery, Ty Montgomery, were feasting. Absolutely feasting. And I don't think there's any way in hell that of course, or anybody told the defense to take it easy. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's something the Patriots would do. I think you got to play to your abilities at all times. I I, I mean, I, if it came out that somebody said that, I would be very very surprised. I feel like that's okay. something like a rookie coach would do. I, I don't think Bill Belichick would do that. I at least hope he wouldn't do that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line, though. Uh, we know that we you know we lost Shaq Mason in the off season. Uh, right now, we're rolling with five pretty solid players, but. There's a uh, kind of a fight right now going on for that swing tackle spot between Yadni Kajust and Justin Heron. 
and it looks like one of those guys has taken over. You want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, everything I have heard is that Kajust has had an awesome camp, and Kajust is looking like and like he's ready to be a starting NFL lineman. Yep. Um, the other little detail is is obviously the flip of Trent Brown at left tackle and Isaiah Wynn at right tackle. Um, you wonder what a lot of goes back to Wynn being in the last year of his contract, um, him having some pass blocking trouble last year. Um, it, yeah, I, I wonder how that's going to work out and if they're going to try and get Kajust a lot more time in that in that tackle position and, and see what we've got. Um, you know, some of these guys, you also wonder how much they're built for this zone blocking scheme. So part of the transition is kind of awkward because do you really have the personnel for it? But I all I hear is Kajust has been great in camp. Um, some of the other guys, uh, um, Hambright also has, has seen a lot of time and there's a lot of talk that he's going to be able to work his way into a decent amount of playing time, at least early on in the year. So we'll see how that works out too. These are guys to look for, especially in the coming preseason games. Yeah. Uh, stock down, man. Everywhere I read is, is, is that Justin Heron is getting his doors blown off in camp now, which is surprising to me because he was the favorite coming into camp to get that swing tackle position. I think right now Yanni Kachus is taking it over. Uh, the other tough the part problem. is they, they they pretty much have to play Cole Strange um, to justify the draft position, and you know it's there is a learning curve here because he wasn't playing high level D, like so he he has all the skills he's obviously he's a big dude he's almost built like a tackle, um, yeah, but guy, it's taken him a little bit to get used to going against guys like Christian Barmore and Devin Godshaw, um, and and guys like that because. These are, these are some big NFL fellas. Um, <laughs> and while you're also learning to communicate with your teammates, et cetera, um, it just, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he can adjust um, to the NFL level. Uh, Cause I think he's going to be in there day one. I'll tell you for having, for having an offensive line, it's projected to be pretty good. I'm not that excited right now about our depth. Uh, I, right now, you know, you got Yasir Durant is projected to make the team. Oh my God. Every time I watched the game last year, I feel like that guy was getting picked on. Uh, the depth of the O-line just doesn't seem to be. Yeah. He's having a tough camp. He's definitely going to make the squad without a doubt, especially if he can slide into that guard spot. Because as we know, our guards do not like to stay healthy. Uh, on Wenu, really hard time staying healthy. And without Mason now, it's going to be something that we're not going to live without him very well. You mentioned a rookie, though, that is turning some heads on the offensive line, an undrafted rookie at that. Yeah, uh, Cody Russi, um, who is genuinely competing for a spot on the team, and a lot of people are saying he has a good chance at it. Um, he's going to be a guy who's going to play a ton tomorrow, um, so we'll get a good look at at what he's got. He played um, center at at La Tech and then at Houston. Houston. Um, so he's had, I mean, he's had a, he's played a ton. He's played on some serious offensive lines. He's made all sorts of uh, awards and whatnot in college. Um, and he has turned some heads at camp. A lot of people saying he's having a great camp. The Patriots notoriously bring in some undrafted free agents and give them real chances. They have three right now who are looking like real chances of making the team. But Russie's one of them on the offensive line. It's He's definitely a guy to watch tomorrow. And like you said, they're, they care a lot about finding offensive line depth here, knowing wins probably out the door. Uh, and they've had a lot of injury history. So it's there to be taken. Let's talk a little bit more and more about the rookie class since we're on it. Uh, we talked about how yeah. Cole Strange not having the greatest camp quite yet. I'm not ready to jump off that bandwagon. Uh, a lot of people 
they were ready to jump on that. They they criticized Belichick for potentially overdrafting him in the first round. If that guy didn't have a lights out camp, he was dead on arrival with the Boston media. They're ready to pounce. They were just yep. so excited to, to, to take <laughs> they Belichick wanted the wood him to be so bad. Oh, so bad. Exactly. They wanted him to fail the second he didn't, you know, he wasn't freaking, you know, Tony Baselli out there. They were they were ready to jump on Belichick. But talk about some more uh, let's talk about some more rookies that we feel like have a real chance not only to make the squad, but have an impact. Who, who right, you like? Let's kind of go team. back and forth on a couple that we want to talk about. Um so one guy I wanted to talk about is Marcus Jones. Um, primarily, he's going to be the punt returner, it looks like. Um, he is a dynamic player, though, and he's actually gotten a lot of time in camp on defense. Um, he kind of plays that like free uh, wandering safety role, the kind of Tyron Matthew position. I'm not saying he's Tyron Matthew, um, but he is an electric punt returner, and he's spent a lot of time actually playing on defense. And that's a role Belichick loves. I mean, we've already got four of those guys on this team, kind of, with Peppers, um, uh, uh, Jesus, Adrian Phillips. Phillips, yep. Yeah. I Even mean, Joshua Bledsoe. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a role he might be able to work his way into, especially with how much we're working on defensive back depth and who's going to play where right now all over the place. Um, there's a role to be found, and he's a guy who's going to be on the team. So some other guys are just trying to make a spot. He's going to be on the team. I think he's going to be returning most of the punts this year. Um, hopefully the defense is getting us a lot of chances to return punts. Uh, but Marcus Jones, the guy who's turned a lot of heads in camp. So he's going to be a guy to look out for. He's probably going to play a lot in preseason too. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, secondary there. There's why we were talking about it right now. It looks like, uh, it looks like the cornerback positions are locked up pretty well. Uh, I think One and that, two. Uh, one and two, exactly. I think the the wide receiver, or wide receiver, the cornerback two spot right now has ter- is Terrence Mitchell all over it. Uh, yeah, I think he's the he's one. A- Ooh, why? <laughs> I mean, it depends. We might end up playing a lot of zone. Who knows? But I think he's the one right now. So that's another thing. Is I want to talk. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. Uh, we're not we're not the type of team that's going to throw out okay two three cornerback situation. Here it goes. No, we're going to throw in those hybrid dudes all the time, and that's the way that defenses are going in the NFL. You got that honey badger rover type guy. He's like a hybrid safety t- type dude, and a, a guy that can come down and step in the box. Jabril Peppers, Minka Fitzpatrick, all those guys fit the bill. Uh, so, like you said, Terrence Mitchell could have been taken over the one spot. Jalen Mills, he, he's a guy. He knows what he's doing. He's been here. He, he's going to know exactly what he's doing. He's the you know. Terrell Buckley type guy of the defense. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, we'll talk about Malcolm Butler on another show. I want to see what he's able to do because I'm not sold on him right now. I mean, we can are... quickly say, do you think he makes the team? Again, let's give me a week. Give me All a right. week. Yeah. I, I think it's yet. close. I, I completely think it's people think he's going to be our, 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 our CB one. And that's absolutely insane to me. Right oh now. no. He, I mean, at bat, it, ideally he'd be able to be the third, the CB three so that, so that Jones could, could play the slot. Um, but yeah, that'd be we'll great. See. Yeah. TBD on that one, man. The, you, I, I don't know which Jones you mentioned because Jonathan. we have, we have, we have, yeah, we have about three, a thousand Jones. We got Marcus Jones, Jonathan Jones, but the guy. I'm... Rookie Jack Jones. We took him in the fourth round out of Arizona state. He's turning some heads in camp. Apparently, he has been taking care of Devontae Parker pretty well. Uh, Bark, you know, him and Barker have been going back and forth. Uh, <laughs> Jack Jones. Uh, he's turning some heads in Dancing camp. Uh, 
he completely he he was locking up uh some of the lower lower guys for a while and then he put he was up against Aponte Parker yesterday and uh Parker had one big catch against him but it was contested the rest yeah that was a tough catch yeah mm -hmm. apparently he did a great job against Devontae Parker locking him down even came back strong so I'm telling you right now I think Jack Jones is a guy that not only he's definitely gonna make the squad I think he's gonna be a real impact player real fast and if that does happen we jumped ahead of ourselves who's on the outside looking in it could be Malcolm Butler, man. There's every year, every year the Patriots cut that one dude that everyone's like, what? Oh yeah, for sure. And there, there might be a few others of those as we get on with the season here. But um, the other thing always to think about too, with the Patriots is, is whether they're going to have any of those rookie red shirts that they love to do. Um, I think that we might find a couple of those on offense um, with guys who are coming in with pre-existing injuries, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um I do. I love uh, Jack Jones, though. He was the, the guy who kind of stood out in OTAs too early. Everyone was talking about him. And then I, he's seemingly had a good camp. Uh, and, you know, we can crap on the coaching staff all we want, but Belichick's ability to develop corners uh, has been fantastic. Uh, we just a, a lot of defensive positions. He's been fantastic at developing. But the amount of guys we've gotten from nowhere to max contracts is crazy. So we're talking about all these rookies that have the potential to make the squad. We didn't even touch on Joshua Bledsoe yet, who apparently is having a great camp as well. Uh, let's talk about a couple of guys that we think maybe are going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to cut down time. Let I, me throw you one more rookie, though, first. Let me throw I you do one it. more hey, oh, By all means. The, the rookie of camp, the standout rookie of camp, LeBrian Ray, undrafted free agent D-tackle out of Alabama, they are saying is already a lock to make the team, a lock to make the team. This is an undrafted free agent. He was a huge recruit out of high school, dealt with a ton of injury while he was at Alabama, goes undrafted, Patriots pick him up, and he is, everyone is talking about him at camp, that he's just clearly one of the players on the team. It's not like maybe he'll make the team. He's going to be in the rotation at D-tackle. He's going to be in the rotation on defense. Defensive line was great last year. But the depth on the D-line was a major issue. Um, when when Godshaw and Lawrence Guy and, um, and and Barmore aren't in the rotation, we were real bad. Um, and that's something we got to worry about going into this year, the, the next set of guys. And a lot of people are saying LeBrian Ray um, has stood out in camp and is going to make this team. So that's a fun one to look for. That's a, that's a nice nugget. Is he, is he taking Carl Davis's spot? who knows what spot he's going to end up at or, or how much playing time he's going to get. But when you, when you talk about what person really stood out at camp in terms of above expectation, everyone's mentioning that name. I feel like D tackles the a position. One of the few positions that a rookie can come in and be effective and impactful right away. Uh, last year we saw, you know, Christian Barmore was, you could, you can make an argument. He was the MVP of the defense, especially after Judon having the tough second half of the season. So he's one of those guys, man, if he's performing, he's going to be on the field. Um, Barmore's yeah. going to eat this year, man. Barmore's going to eat. Oh, uh, <laughs> not to mention Gotcha freaking signing that two-year deal with a whole lot of guarantees. Yeah, let's cash. briefly agree. The strength of this team right now, and, and it might be because of offensive line issues that it's standing out, but is the defensive front. The defensive front is loaded. The guys we already mentioned, and then we're not mentioning, obviously, Judon. Um, but the defensive front is stacked. I, I kind of has to be because if they uh, if opposing teams get to our second level, our linebackers were screwed because our linebackers are slow as molasses. But 
That's for another show. We will briefly touch on that. We disagree on this one so hard. Here we go. No, we go ahead, brief, Stan. You want to brief, let's touch on it right now. Okay. No, um, please. In terms, of, in terms of the linebacking crew, everyone is talking about Raekwon McMillan um, yes. and Matt Wilson standing out as, as kind of the modern linebackers in camp. Do you think there's a chance Belichick turns those guys into the next version of all these linebackers he's created that he's brought in as free agents, the Kyle Van Noys, um, the Rob Ninkoviches, the guys who – kind of couldn't find their niche elsewhere, come back here, and all of a sudden are standout Pro Bowl-type players. Um, everyone is saying Raekwon McMillan is everywhere right love now. Him. Love him. And that Mac Wilson is almost like a roaming safety playing linebacker um, who who can cover and play the linebacker position well. We traded for him a long time ago. He was like our first – I want to say he was like our first transaction after the season last year. I think we traded traded for him from Cleveland. Am I wrong? I might be uh, double check that. We'll have our producer fact check that. I want to say we traded with Cleveland. Yeah, Mac Wilson, Wilson was from Cleveland. Yeah, Mac yeah. Wilson was Cleveland. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do. But honestly, when they made that trade, I was like, oh, okay, a special teams guy, cool. Apparently not. Yeah, sure. But I mean, those are the two guys playing playing inside linebacker right now. They're yeah. they're primarily the linebackers. I love um, Raekwon McMillan. People forget he was a second round pick by Miami in 2017. Dude's only 25. Yeah. People forget he was drafted about five years ago. He is 25 years old. He can still move. I think that's one of the more underrated moves we made this and year. And those are so the kind well. of guys, like I said, like a Van Noy, like even mm-hmm. Jamie Collins, who who he, Belichick brings Jamie back Collins. in or, Collins, and, and yeah. gives them a role that fits their skill set um, and gets the most out of them. And then they end up signing some gigantic. I was say, so, so Detroit's going to give McMillan a three year, $40 million deal in the offseason. Yeah. And Mac Wilson will head back to Cleveland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I'm just saying, someone's got to play those roles, and they seem like they have a lot more speed. That's what we've been looking for um, to complement oh. Bentley, because Bentley's obviously going to be playing. But we need replacements for Hightower, who was slow as dirt. He was oh stuck in molasses last year. Him and year. Bentley, oh my God, yeah. next to each other, so slow last year. But, I but Mac Wilson is is a guy who can cover, who can take a running back out of the flat, who can do everything. Um, and then obviously we're going to move a bunch of these safeties up to play outside linebacker. A so lot. that was my next question. Are we so Kyle Duggar is going to be everywhere? Do we have too many hybrid guys though, man? Like I, I love it, but at the same time, do we have enough size up in our, fir- our second level? Cause we know we're going to bring peppers and uh, Duggar up and Duggar's awesome at it. Don't get me wrong, but is, is our run game going to sac- run defense going to be sacrificed because of this? It seems like all these dudes that are at the second level are like freaking, you know, 200 pounds soaking wet you know what what happened to that old school 225 240 linebacker that can move we don't have any of those you know guys. i think i think if we were playing in the afc north as our division that would be a much bigger problem but in the afc east the other three teams are all kind of spread out none of them are power running teams they're all quick hit the edges um qb rolling out of the pocket uh a lot of quick guys they're not none of them are power running teams those kind of players are the guys who are going to play a lot more um, you're going to play a lot more nickel safeties and and dime packages and stuff against these teams and need people who can come up and, t- and stop the run, but also uh, cover. And I think that's kind of what why Belichick went and got this kind of uh, defense, especially like, you know, if you can't become you don't want to get a bad version of the old Bears. You'd rather make a, a good version of a, a different kind of defense. Uh, because of that, I think we're going to be keeping a lot of safety hybrid guys, like you mentioned, the Peppers, the Duggar. You know, they're locks to make the two yeah. Duggars. You know. Phillips. 
in my opinion, a potential pro bowl every year. Uh, I think Joshua Bledsoe makes the team. He was a sixth round pick uh, last year. Uh, so he's going into his second year. He's kind of banged up last year. He, we kind of did the red shirt thing with him. He's turned some heads at camp. He's the kind of guy that fits into the squad. No problem. He can come down and play in the box a little bit. Uh, he can move. So I think he makes a squad because of that. I think some of those natural corners are pushed out. I think the Sean Wade's and the Jawan Thornton's, I think they're gone. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think they're gone too. I don't think if they're not already competing for that third spot, then they're not really competing for anything. I think. Um, exactly. I think we keep four. There's no Tops. room for the rest of it on this team. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and because it's something they'll have some practice squad guys that if you get into trouble, those will be what we fill in with. Um, it's because if you know the scheme, you'll be just fine. And it comes back to Belichick. He loves those hybrid guys. He does it on offense all the time. One reason why I think Ty Montgomery uh, can really make this squad, he can return kicks, punts, he can play wide receiver. He can play running back. Apparently, he was in our running back yesterday. He did everything. He even did that for the Packers back in the day. So he's kind of that. I hate to say it because this is what you know the term everyone uses. He's a Swiss Army knife yeah. of the offense. But but he might play that Cordero Patterson type uh, spot. Yeah, I don't want um, Miles Bryant to play at all. That's just, no, no, none of us do. Just a no. side note from me from uh, nightmares from last year when uh, he was the worst player I've ever seen. Yadni Kajus, uh, I feel like him and him and him and Yadni Kajus could could bout for the worst player on the field last year. <laughs> God, I just think. All right. Well, um, what else you got? Let, let, let me just think about it. We we talked about the defensive line. We talked about the the defensive backs. Let's briefly talk about the wide receiving core. Um, Tyquan Thornton. That's the last rookie we haven't talked about. Everyone, oh, speed guy, skinny guy. We're thinking downfield. A lot of worry coming in that it's a John Ross type player. No, this guy can run routes. Mm-hmm. He he's burning people. He torched Terrence Mitchell yesterday. A highlight that everyone's been looking at. Um, I am excited about Thornton. Thornton makes Nelson Aguilar a little worried, though, right? Dude. That guy, if what he wasn't making what he's making, I don't think he would have made it to the second preseason. No, game if it wasn't Aguilar. a giant cap hit to cut him, we'd cut him. Oh, it's a killer cap hit. Yeah, there's no reason for it. Uh, everything I'm hearing is that Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, they're like, oh, when they draft him, he's a he's a, he'll stretch the field. Oh, they finally got a burner. This dude is running routes. He's coming out of his breaks. They say this guy is a complete wide receiver. He's been putting in the time, putting in the work. Uh, it's been real impressive, apparently. And a, a classic, when we're when we're analyzing a wide receiver, classic thing I keep hearing everyone say, and I noticed it myself, he catches with his hands, which with a quick guy like that, you, that's something you also want to see is he's a guy who goes and gets the ball, catches it with his hands, not in his body. So he's not just a runner. This guy's a receiver, um, and there's going to be room for him to develop. Hopefully we can block enough um, that Matt can actually make some throws out there. Yeah, I'm not out here saying they're going to be faster than Miami or Buffalo, our friends over here. Uh, but it's going to give at least Mac Jones the opportunity to have somebody that can at least pose a threat downfield, which we haven't had in since Randy Moss. Well, and this this isn't two years ago's receiving core. This isn't Demir Bird and and whatnot. We have five wide receivers that play different roles. This is we're going to be a game plan type of offense. So we're going to have guys who can do the game plan because. Um, with Kendrick Bourne, with now with Thornton with the speed, with Devontae Parker, um, and then with Jacoby Myers, that's four different kinds of receivers. And obviously you can throw an Aguilar to just run down the field and do nothing. But 
that's that's five different receivers. We can put in a game plan, and then you have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. That this is Mac has a lot of weapons there, and then we're gonna have Ramondre Stevenson. I think being a good receiving weapon out of the backfield. Yeah, he'll have to be because it looks like James White is going to stay on the pup list for a little bit longer. Uh, interesting question from Zachary Nicholson. Why do you think Aguilar doesn't have the same success as he did in Oakland and Philly? What success? He had one decent year in Philly. Or no, yeah, excuse me, one decent year in Oakland. plays in Oakland, and I'm sure he'll there'll be a couple of those at some point. Um, I mean, ask Philly. They hate him. Philly they hate hates him. him did so you see much. the news? The news broadcast? Some guy caught a child yeah. from a burning building. He's like, and I caught it. Unlike he Aguilar. Philly's Nikhil Harry. Like he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. He did have oh, some Speaking of, I, I can't stop noticing Devontae Parker out there wearing number one. That's some big shoes to fill. Yeah, no kidding. He's got to make some crackdown blocks and drop a drop a out route. So last thing we'll talk about, first preseason game, you know, we can talk all we want. We actually get to watch these guys play a live game tomorrow against the New York Giants. What are you looking for? Um, Well, first, my number one interest is who's going to play. Um, do they have the, but one, would they normally play the first team offense at all in this game? I don't know. Two, do they have the faith to put them out there right now with, they're not quite ready, um, scheme wise. And if they do, will they run some of this stuff? Are they going to be, if they put them out there for a series, run a bunch of safe stuff, a couple dump offs, whatnot, run the ball off tackle with Harris and then pull everyone off and, and go the beyond that, the stuff I'm looking for a lot of these rookie guys, um, some of the depth at offensive line, who's going to work hard and make the team, um, and the corners. I, I want to see the defensive backs, how they play. Um, and also, I mean, I think uh, some of these linebackers are all going to play. So how the linebacker play looks. So there's a lot to look at. Um, what do you think, Connor? Uh, one thing, I'll, I'll keep it brief. One thing I'm actually interested in is that uh, who's going to make the squad at the tail end of the running back position. We got Pierre Strong, who's a rookie, who's been playing real well in camp. Uh, James White's not going to play. He's on the pup list. Uh, but then Ty Montgomery, he can play everywhere. And then uh, they're all working. We know Ramondre Stevenson and da uh, Damian Harris are locks. Uh, J.J. Taylor. Uh, is J.J. Taylor and uh, uh, going to be able to make this squad? Uh, I think his, in, his, his chances increase if James White isn't going to be ready for week one, which is starting to look more likely that James White might not be ready for week one. And if that's the case, Pierre Strong still coming off an injury – who knows if he's also held out. Um, they kind of red shirt him a little for the first half of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if then uh, JJ makes the team. I just think he offers what a lot of others can do. They say Ramondre Stevenson. I agree. Become, Obviously, becoming a, I agree. Yeah, becoming a three down back. Uh, and you know we're going to wear out Damian Harris because we're not re-signing uh, him. He's gone next year, so we're going to wear him out. We don't, we're don't. we not going to pay running backs, yeah. nor, should, nor should we. But uh, one guy to keep an eye on if he plays tomorrow is Kevin Harris. He's a, a rookie. Somebody, and you never know. You know, does he got the dog in him? Does he have enough fight to make the team? It's an uphill battle. But right now I'm looking at that last running back spot. You know, And that's one that they could, you know, again, you find somebody that's injured, you create a spot for him on the injured list. But uh, J.J. Taylor and uh, Pierre Strong, I think it's going to be a great battle. I like the Pierre Strong call. I mean, I'm really interested to watch him actually play. You know, he's a guy I've never actually seen play a football game. You know, I've watched highlights of him. But, yeah. Um, all right. Final subject for me. I have one little fun one here. I'm calling it Boston Sweep. We've talked all about everything Patriots. Uh, I got Boston Sweep. I got three topics for you. Did Chris Sale really fall off a bike? 
You know what? He, he just looking at him, yeah, he looks like the okay, kind of guy that would fall off a bike. Okay, sure. If it was once, this guy has had 100 injuries that are all mystery that no one saw. Mm-hmm. The only one we've seen is him get hit with the ball, get hit back out. Remember, he broke Whoa. his rib throwing in this off season. No, he didn't. But look, uh, at, he's just kind of a big, weird, gangly guy. I feel like he's the kind of guy that would fall off a bike. Yeah. What an absolute waste of money. What a moron is out there oh. riding his bike around as fast as he can. What this guy sucks. <laughs> all right. The other one is. Uh, Bergeron and Krejci coming back. What do we think? We're happy. Let's go. Apparently, yeah, uh, apparently the captains on the Bruins were huge in orchestrating getting Krejci back. You know me. I'm, I'm the biggest Krejci yeah. fan. You'll ever I'm starting meet to think they didn't like Bruce Cassidy. That's my my. You, you beat me to it. I think that <laughs> what might made be. Them come uh, back? Mm-hmm. Apparently, and not the, a first coach either. And the final one: Do you want to trade for Kevin Durant? No. What? They're saying Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant is all over the papers right now. Everyone's yeah. saying that's going to happen. I don't want it all. I hate Kevin Durant. No. Um, and Kevin Durant yesterday told the ownership they have to fire the coach and general manager to keep him. To that's keep the him. kind of guy you want to bring in. Yeah. He chose that franchise to go to. All right. That's the Boston I, sweep. I love uh, that. Come in next week. We're going to talk about more Patriot stuff. We'll have another week of camp. We'll have played a preseason game. A lot more stuff will have filled out. There'll be some cuts. There'll be a lot more stuff to talk about. This has been a great first episode, Connor. So check us out. We are on Twitter. Uh, Brendan, what's our Twitter handle? You made it. Uh, Twitter, Pat Stands Inc. Uh, I'm going to be tweeting like crazy on there. We're on YouTube uh, under the Every Morning Quarterback. We're also going to be on the EMQ show this weekend, Every Morning Quarterback. Everyone tune in, follow all of those socials, follow EMQ, uh, follow us for everything Patriots. Uh, It's going to be an awesome season. This is only the beginning. Once we get into the games, it's really going to be fun. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. It's only going to get better from here, like Brendan said. Appreciate you all. Have a great night.